0: Just do anything, literally do anything. Any amount of action in any direction is better than no action at all. A mentor of mine said, Good decisions are good, bad decisions can be fixed. Indecision is death.
1: I'm Shannon Lucas, and I'm Tracy
2: Lovejoy, and we're the co CEOs of Catalyst Constellations, which is dedicated to catalyzing innate change makers to accelerate positive change.
1: This is our podcast, Move Fast, Break Shit, Burnout, where we highlight catalysts that are creating amazing change in the world. We're excited to have time today with Michael Bloxton, one of the catalysts featured in our book, Move Fast, Break Shit, Burn Out. Michael is the CEO of not one, but two companies, Nebula Compute Inc. and Bloxton Investment Group. Of all of the Catalysts that I know, and I know quite a few who are doing some audacious things, Michael has perhaps one of the biggest visions that he's actually executing on, and we'll find out more about that when we hear from Michael. He was also a guest on one of our first podcasts in 2020, and so we're excited to catch up with him today. If you want to hear more about his backstory and his lifelong journey of being a Catalyst, you can check out that conversation. But today, we're going to get an update on what Michael's been up to for the past few years. Um, so I'd love to, first of all, just start with how you relate to the word catalyst.
0: Catalysts, I mean, to me, it's an accelerator. It's someone who's taking something and making it go faster. Whether whether it means they're they're dumping physical energy into it or they're pulling energy into it, and we can go into that later, but the, the catalyst is an accelerant. So whatever it is that you want.
1: Sometimes for better or worse, yes. <laughs> Um, so I'd love to just start cause your, your vision is so big. Can you just start resetting with the listeners? What is the problem that you're trying to solve with your catalyst superpowers?
0: So, so I'll give, I'll give the, the biggest background when I, when we met in, in 2018, uh, I was contemplating what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I was fortunate enough, my real estate business to do well enough to have enough time, uh, have enough money to have enough time to think about what I want to do. And space was something that I had no experience in. I'm not an aerospace engineer. I've never been in space in any way. Or did I even know anyone in space other than watching Star Trek? And when I sat down to think about what I want to do with my life, I, I thought about a single phrase that I could dedicate my life to. And that was provide all of humanity access to deep space and infinite resources. Because I believe if we can do that, you can remove 95% of all the reason for conflict on earth today. That is, that is the audacious thing that's pushing me When we spoke, um, I think it was in 2018, I was thinking a lot about a space station Uh, and a space station is a very audacious goal. And I actually found a business model for the space station once you had the space station there, but there was a very big gap in, in doing that. So I had to sit with the problem longer and think about who is, what is, what is required for me to be able to do these other things. So what we ultimately came down to uh, is a, a, a kind of a full phil- my, my philosophical perspective that energy is the wave that rises all boats. And if energy is the wave that rises all boats, computing is the wave that accelerates all boats. And then beyond that, you have all these other opportunities. And we've seen that recently with mobile technology over the last decade. And we saw that with the internet the decade before that. So, Nebula is expanding uh, Earth's and, and humanity's ability to do that level of computing in space which does not exist as, as, as cool as space may sound to a lot of people. We do computing like the 90s, uh, maybe the early 2000s, but it's absolutely not even close to what all of us would consider cloud computing.
1: Uh, so hopefully the listeners understand why it's like the, the audaciousness of your vision and you're actually executing on it. So um, last time we spoke, you were looking at a first round, maybe you were closing the first round. So that was what was alive for you then, as well as continuing to be able to manage spending time with your family and, and, you know, turning the clock off at six and getting back to your family. So bring us up to speed on what Nebula is doing today and and how that journey has been for you and and managing your energy as a
0: catalyst. So I'll start with the energy as a catalyst. and my family. So the family thing is extremely important. And I learned from you guys, the the value of rest. And, And when we check in, I always, I always mark that as the thing I don't do well enough. However, my family is that rejuvenation practice. And one thing that I've learned about being a catalyst is if you're the one that has to do everything, you're never going to be able to accomplish it. Like you just, just flat out can't, especially the things that I want to do like there's no way it doesn't matter if I worked twenty four seven and never slept and never did anything but work it just will never happen there's no there's no possible universe by which you could accomplish those things with one person's efforts so as a catalyst managing that and understanding that me being able to refuel with my family and my my son and my son to be there's um there's a requirement there that I think most catalysts and most entrepreneurs there's this this kind of a, in my opinion, a sick leaning towards just working your ass off and hustle, 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 which is detrimental and actually um, against what you actually want to do. So, so that was the the catalyst question. Amen.
1: We agree. Yes.
0: (laughs) Um, And the first part of that, can you clarify the first part of the question?
1: Yeah. Just tell us like, so what have you, what progress has the company made? Where are you? What challenges have you faced in the last year plus and how have you overcome them?
0: So, so actually, in 2020, if we did this in 2020, we actually didn't raise our pre-seed round until 2021. So I had a really good idea, and it was just me at the time, I think, when we spoke. And I had some really amazing advisors, which I still have amazing advisors, uh, and they are tremendously helpful. We didn't end up raising a round until this year. So as a challenge, you know, as a company, we need to raise money right, to keep things going. So it took us months to raise money because it was just an idea. And I was funding things personally, trying to get enough traction to be able to get enough, enough mass in the project to warrant uh, a pre-seed round. So we ended up getting that. And then where we are today, we kind of kept that same mentality. Do everything you can with whatever you have, wherever you are. And we, we raised less than $2 bucks as a pre-seed as a, as a hard tech space startup. What we've been able to do with that and the team, I am crazy proud of them. And then this round, we're raising $8 million, um, and that'll get us through the mid-2023. So for less than $10 million, our company as a hard tech space startup will have operational hardware on the outside of the ISS before this year is out. Which is crazy! It's so crazy!
1: It's yeah. so crazy, and it's been so fun having like this side side seat watching this progress, Michael. And like, yeah, the enthusiasm and your energy that you bring, um, which is another question that I have for you because it can be for a lot of people it can be hard because you have to lock, knock on a lot of doors to get that funding. There's a lot of no's before there's a yes. Um, I'm curious, actually. One tool that we talk about is, you know, how do you um, make your vision clear to other people and I I know you had produced a, a great video that was an explainer tool. So there's sort of a two-part question there. How have you maintained your energy and kept the, the, the crowd that you've brought with you uh, also energized and mobilized? Um, and what role did sort of storytelling play in all of that?
0: It was massive. I mean, I, if, if you didn't know me, you would totally think I was crazy. I mean, like batshit crazy. Um, and I was shocked. And still, I was, I was actually speaking to my wife last night sitting on the couch. You know, we, we had some amazing calls yesterday for, for, for projects that are gonna be leveraging the compute. And I pinch myself that some of these experts and some of these amazing people are listening to me. And it's still pinchable that, you know, I'm the guy that's saying and dictating some of these things. And they're like, absolutely, that makes perfect sense. And they jump right on board. So even years in of, of this, I still, you know, pinch myself that, that I have that. And to me, the The vision, the clarity of the storytelling is almost all that I ever had, really, because technically I didn't have anything prior to just having a really cool vision and then being able to articulate that well. i have been fortunate enough, my background is in sales, so I kind of understood you know psychology and things like that, and that has helped tremendously, but the vision and, and, and clarifying that vision, and even today there's still clarification happening and but I'm able to get the point across to the people that that jump on board and I mean, the people that invest in their time, people invest their money, they're, they're, they gravitate towards it. And, I, and when you ask about the energy, the way I would describe the energy by which I have is more related to having a kid. So if anyone has a kid uh, on this call or, or, or that's listening to this podcast, will get this. You thought you knew what love was prior to having a child. And you thought you understood what love was prior to having a child. And actually the best, it was a neighbor that I had when I lived in Philly. the best I've ever heard was, it's as if someone had taken the heart out of your body and put it on this other little human and you'll do anything you can to protect this other little human in your heart. Yeah, Which is a really good understanding. Wasn't anything compared to the actual thing. And two things I find still mind blowing about that love is one, it's as if that ocean of love was there the whole time and I had no idea it even existed. That it just blows my mind. I thought I knew what love was, and then you actually have a child, then there's this love that you tap into something that is this truly unexplainable. But three and a half years later, that love has grown. So something I didn't even know exist has now propelled into infinite balance and it's it's just mind-boggling. I, I like to compare it now to love that you knew prior to having a child was Newtonian physics and love that you have now as, as with a child is quantum physics. They are very, very different um, in how they act and hard to comprehend even to, the, to this day. So the energy by which I use, to say, I say all that to bring a comparison to my space company is it's an, un, it's an unending well of, of passion and desire. And a side note, Shannon um, and Trace, I think I talked to you guys about this personally, But it was actually holding my son when he was a month old that brought all the space stuff back. It was a visceral experience of why doesn't he have the future he deserves. So for me, I genuinely see uh, alignment with the love for my son and the the love and passion I have for my space company. It's a, it's this literal never ending well of, of love.
1: I, I love that so much. And I think it's so important for our listeners to understand that. I mean, we talk about, you know, the CEOs of other, well-known space companies who aren't modeling the behavior that you're modeling. And, you know, you see how much you've accomplished and still been able to be present for your family in such a short amount of time. It sounds like it's a, it's a lot of intensity, but to your point, it's that balance that lets you do it. And that's the message that we want. It's like, yeah, the want the listeners to hear. And so thank you for modeling it so beautifully and having it be so based in love. I think that's amazing. Um, final question. Um, what key learnings have you had to pass on to other catalysts as you've gone through the last few years doing this?
0: So the being a catalyst, you have to keep them. I don't want to say entertained, but you have to keep them motivated. We've literally brought people to the table that have said, yeah, I don't want to be bored. I want to find something that's interesting and I want to constantly be challenged. We have plenty of that um, in in the space in Nebula Compute. So uh, I think the one of the biggest learnings is you have to keep pressing. And if somebody if somebody doesn't align well, you need to move quickly to put them where <clears throat> where they can align. Um, but if they're going to start slowing you down, you have to move through that. We're we're experiencing some of that too. So as a catalyst, move fast and break shit is is. Sometimes applies to people who aren't ready to move that fast. And it's unfortunate, but there is a place for a lot of those people that just shouldn't be at the front of the spear, so to speak.
1: Spot on, spot on. All right, I'm gonna hand it over to Tracy. We're gonna do a lightning round of questions with you. Thanks for sharing your update.
2: Yeah, thank you for the inspiration. It's a great way to start my day, Michael. Okay, I've got four questions that we'll try to hit hit quick for folks. The first one is a a great carry on from where Shannon was just guiding us. So in two minutes or less, what actionable nuggets do you have for the catalyst out there? Or even said another way, what do you wish you knew at 20?
0: just do anything. Literally do anything. Any amount of action in any direction is better than no action at all. A, a, a mentor of mine said, good decisions are good, bad decisions can be fixed, indecision is death. I
2: love that. Oh my gosh, that should be the, ne- the title of our next book, I think. That's amazing. That's so good. Okay, second one. What advice do you have for executives to find and leverage their catalysts? Something I, I know you know a lot about.
0: Yes. So in my, my real estate company, I don't have catalysts, which is actually a problem. And what I find a correlation between catalysts is entrepreneurs, people that are free thinking, motivated, want to do their own thing. So it's not necessarily easy to find catalysts. In my space company, we have catalysts. And I'm very, very fortunate about that. So as an executive, if you have a catalyst, you have to recognize, one, that it's a gift. And you can pretty much throw anything at them and they'll be able to figure it out. And maybe they'll get it wrong, but at least they'll make a tremendous amount of progress and learn from that, which catalysts are really, really good at uh, in, uh, in the military. There's a thing called Air Force specifically, OODA, OODA, Observe, Orient, Decide, Act. And if you can observe, orient, decide, act before the, the enemy combatant in that, that regard or before the, the problem becomes something significant, then you can change it and you can learn and you can move and keep going. And catalysts, I find, are really naturally good at this just constantly observe, orient, decide, act. Give them as much shit as you possibly can. Um, They'll tell you most of the time if if it's too much or if they need help, and then you can give them better resources.
2: It's brilliant. It's so helpful for, I know so many executives always have the question, like, how many catalysts? Any suggestions on how to find them? Um,
0: So the way that my catalysts, on my team have come from me sharing the vision and the path by which I want to do things and accomplish. And that's pretty much it. It absolutely has nothing to do with my background, has nothing to do with my credentials, has nothing to do because I don't have much of any of those. And my experience doesn't have anything to do with my experience in what we're doing. It was the vision of what we can do together. And I think most people, executives specifically, will discount themselves thinking, oh, well, why would this three star general be interested in supporting me. Well, you don't know until you share your vision. And then that three-star general becomes one of your biggest cheerleaders and biggest supporters. And I can, I could literally say that for every one of my advisors that I pinch myself that they're my advisors. But if you don't share that big thing, then they're not going to know. If I based it off of what my qualifications were, I would have never ever attracted those uh, those advisors and executives and catalysts.
2: Yeah. It's there's so much I love about that first, you know, that the vision is is a magnet to other catalysts, right? Okay. And so that's the thing pulling them in. The second part, you know, it's, it's not one of our rapid fire questions, but as a follow-up, it sounds like there may be some imposter syndrome. Is that fair? Oh my it, God, yeah. It, so yeah. how do you deal with that?
0: I still deal with it. I still, I, still, I literally just said, I pitch myself that some of these amazing people continue to listen to me. And it's, I never feel that way when I'm in the conversation. When I'm you know, flowing and that passion is coming out, and it's it's after the fact when I reflect on holy shit this person was was so genuinely intrigued by what I said they were they were taking action and agreeing with this path that I've laid out. Um, it's always in, after the fact that I feel that, and I usually never feel that way going into it anymore. I did, and just do it anyway. Do it afraid. Do it. Do it scared. Do it. Take action. Action. I think is for a catalyst is is like blood as like an error. If you don't have those two things. You're going to die on the vine. I, I, like
2: theme from this discussion, action. It's like the, the cure for all the things that we experience yes. as a catalyst. So true. All right. Last two questions. What's the worst part of being a catalyst?
0: Finding peace and, and contentment in what you've accomplished. I, am, I, I, I was talking to our, our champion at Microsoft, who, by the way, I swear to God, on my first conversation with him, I said, Greg, I want to move fast and break shit. He has loved me ever since. I swear to God, I said those exact things. This is over a year ago. We now have a great partnership with Microsoft. Um, And as a catalyst, I was just texting him the other day about uh, the next agreement we want to put in place, the next partnership agreement. And it's going to take like 60 days. A startup company working with a massive trillion dollar company, it's going to take 60 days. And I'm still just, he he says, are you not happy with the time it takes? I said, Greg, I'm never happy with the time it takes. I always want it yesterday. So as a catalyst, one of the, the struggles is that constant finding peace with what you've been able to accomplish and, and finding contentment so that you can then utilize, um, utilize that as a, a solid foundation to take the next big leap on.
2: That's beautiful. I can feel like it's never enough, right? You just see never so enough. many ways you can make an impact.
0: Yeah. I mean, you guys heard a little bit about what I want to do and you know, how fast I'm going to go. So it's, 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 it's never enough, but at the same time, you know, I take the time to enjoy my son and I take the time to enjoy my family. If you don't do those things and you can't take the time to enjoy what we have accomplished, it's, you're not gonna be able to share what you've genuinely feel that you've accomplished with people that are about to invest, for instance, or people that wanna become partners. So if you're constantly downing yourself, that like, oh, it's not fast enough, it's not fast enough, they're gonna feel that. Like, all right, it's not fast enough. However, I am crazy happy with what we've accomplished. Um, yeah. So that, that balance has always been a, a struggle.
2: That reflection is, is, it's a beautiful practice. And thank you for sharing that. All right, final question. What's the best part
0: about being a catalyst? I would sum it up as our kind of taking the two, the, that question and the question before, and I, and I say this on calls with investors now, our, our biggest opportunity and our biggest risk is I think the best part about being a catalyst and the worst part about being a catalyst, which is speed. You can go really fucking fast. And I use that word, that, that cuss word, intentionally for that specific thing. Like, as a catalyst, you can go crazy fast, faster than you ever expected. It is, it is an exponential path versus a linear serial path. Um, when you get into it, what we found is when you go fast and you have this vision, you are creating a, specifically with nebula, uh, a gravity well, a mass around the project. And then that gravity well just constantly pulls in the right people at the right time over and over and over again. So it's speed. Speed is the most exciting thing about being a catalyst.
2: You know, it's often said our greatest strengths can also be our weaknesses, right? And I, I hear that so strongly in what you share that resonates really deeply. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for being here with us today. I am really excited to continue to watch the forward progress that you are driving in the world, uh, the positive change that Nebula Space Enterprises is driving. So I can't wait for our next conversation.
0: Wonderful. Thank you for having me. Very much appreciate both of you.
1: I just have to say, Michael, we need more leaders like you out there, so thank you for being an inspirational role model. Um, is there a call, call to action for you, for our listeners? Should they? Is there a website they should go check out, or how can we they follow actually your journey? Even,
0: we're still in stealth. Our website is a logo. Um, okay. We'll come out. After this round in Q2, we'll have a bunch of stuff that we'll hear about, and cool, fun space station. that This company's doing all this stuff, but um as of right now i mean my call to action for your listeners is just do some shit just get out there and and take action burn yourself you know get get hurt but pick yourself up and keep going
1: awesome we need we
0: need to if you think I'm, i'm an inspiration we need more of me we need more people more catalysts period if we genuinely want to solve um some of the biggest problems facing humanity
1: we wholeheartedly agree, which is why we love having conversations like this. So I do hope we get to come back maybe later this year. Um, to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to learn more about how to accelerate positive change, you can go to our website at www.catalystconstellations.com. Be sure to check out our book, Move Fast,
2: Break, Ship, Burnout. And if you have other catalysts in your life, hit the share button and send a link to this their way.